0: The world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Well, hello, Browns fans. Welcome to OBR Weekly. We are on the air again, the colossus of the OBR streaming lineup on a Wednesday night. He is Fred Greedham. The legend. I am Barry McBride, the web dork, and we are here to talk Cleveland Browns with you on a Wednesday night. As always, please get in line uh, with your questions and comments. They power the show. Uh, Otherwise, uh, I think, you know, you have to listen to me try to make up stuff and uh, that's never any good. So please hit us up with your comments and questions in the YouTube and Twitch chat rooms. And uh, we'll do our best to answer them. So, how's it going, Fred? How's life? <laughs> I, I'm I'm enjoying.
1: You sound like a late night FM disc <laughs> jockey now. Enjoy the cool, dulcet tones of Barry <laughs> Mac here on
0: the wave. <laughs> but, I, I'm I'm trying to find my voice, Fred. I'm trying yeah, to find I my know. voice. I'm just talking normally, you know. That's it's, I'm just giving
1: you a hard time. Just. That's what you Um, do. I'm doing good. Busy day. Just seems like I had stories all day long, never ending. Just the life of a reporter covering the Browns. It's never a dull moment. There's never no drama. There's never, you know, you just want it tranquil. No major injuries. Just kind of, you know, the injury is going to happen. But this is just a, it's always a soap opera, you know? It's like, okay, is he out for like six weeks or do we have to do this every day? You know, it's, I realize it's, it's, it's something hard to figure out, but it's, it is maddening, you know, it's just always with the Browns. It's just always trying to wonder about something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the web dorkian perspective, you know, it's all good. Because, you know, there's something to read about on the website, you know, rather than it just being boring. But uh, we could use a little boring around here. Just, you know, let's get bored with all the winning, you know. That would be well, nice there's a lot really of, to
1: write about when they win and boring. I mean, I'm finding stuff, you know, like I wrote on the turnovers, how that's mm-hmm. defying all odds that you're the worst team in the NFL and the best mm-hmm most important takeaway other than points and you're have a winning record, you know, and just, you know, it's fun stuff to even research and talk about because you kind of know that, you know, that despite the things that went wrong, they're still in a pretty good position.
0: Right. Right. Well, we'd like to find out, you know, one of these years we'd like to find out what it's like to cover a team that's boring without controversy and just goes out and wins every week. Maybe uh, this stretch of games coming up. We can uh, start finding that out a little bit. Hey, we've already got some questions coming in. Thank you, folks. Appreciate it. Uh, Keep hitting us up. Uh, Fred, let's start with the big subject of the day. Uh, Obviously, Deshaun Watson spoke to the media, and when that first hit the airwaves, uh, you know, that he was going to talk to the media, I think a lot of people figured, well, that's a positive, you know, maybe that's a sign that he's going to play and all that. But uh, after consultation with all the experts on the OBR staff, all the medical experts on our staff, uh, we sort of concluded that uh, we're no closer to finding out whether he's going to play on Sunday after he talked. Uh, Is that your prognosis, sir, uh, about Deshaun Watson?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction because last week, It was a major flag. He speaks every Wednesday to the reporters. That's the quarterback speaks. That's just, I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett. It's always the starting quarterback. And so coming off the bye, we expected he would speak. Um, He did not. Then he did not practice. So I think there was some flack being raised to the PR staff that, why didn't he at least talk? but right. um, anyway, he was we got word this morning he would be there for his normal session. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it as a positive. I took it as he cleared up some things. I also took it as he is a little uncertain, but there is a little bit of this still um, they're they're trying to use. I think the the question, about the whole issue to their advantage. I don't know if that fools the Colts, just like we said last week.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think the 49ers cared, you know, and I would think the Colts would prepare for Watson and anything less would be okay for him. So right. with that said, um, yeah, he, if you listen to it like I did, you come out of there with several things, you know, some things he kind of contradicted, you know, His interpretation is a strain is also a tear, although a very micro tear or a little, you know, cut type of thing in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's really, you know, getting into the minutia with it. The, the, the pointed question he was asked, has he turned up the heat and, and thrown with high velocity to test it? He just then def, deflected it to, well, we're doing, you know, what the doctors, you know, trainers are prescribing and we're staying within that means, which he didn't say to what degree that is. So you could say that's a little gamemanship because he's been doing that indoors. So nobody's really seeing it. So maybe he's about there. He did say, you know, when asked, how close or where are you in the process? And he says, finishing it up. I took it as okay. He's just in that end stage. I mean, I was on the radio today and I was asked, wouldn't an 80% Watson be better than a, you know, hundred percent Walker or whatever. And I would agree with that, Mm -hmm. but in his explanation today, and I can't disagree with this unless he knows he can throw the ball without hesitation, in the back of his mind, if I throw the ball, is it going to hurt or not so much hurt, but set me back, you know, three weeks, six weeks, whatever.
0: Right, right.
1: And I don't think you know that. And when he said nicking it up, I think what he meant is they're saying, go a little further. Go, a, you know, every day and see how it responds because he made it sound like he was doing things like a pitcher throwing, then resting, throwing, then resting. So, and see how it responds. So I would almost think he would have to practice tomorrow and then see how it responds Friday. But I've been saying that for a while. If you look at the injury reports on most teams, people get excited and you see the stars DNP on Wednesday and -hmm. then they're fine. They're out there Thursday. Even the guys with some injuries that you're concerned with, they're DNP on Wednesday and Thursday, maybe they're limited. So I wouldn't write it off for this week, but I surely would think that he needs to be out there at least limited a little tomorrow. Right. Because Friday's just a walkthrough. And I really don't think this coaching staff would go into something with a guy that didn't practice, he hasn't practiced. It would have been the 24th of September when they played the Titans. So Sunday would be the 22nd. So even if he's thrown inside, he hasn't thrown the game or practice if he doesn't practice this week in a month. So I think it's kind of safe to say if he doesn't practice for sure, I would think he would be out this week. And it, it really baffles me. And I think what caused the confusion, he did explain this, and I'm taking him at his word. He said they thought it was just a bruise all week before the Ravens. On Saturday is when they got the results that it was a rotator injury, and they said typically you're automatically set that one out. That was Saturday, and he said he said let's just wait till Sunday morning and see how it is and test it out. Well, they didn't get too far into the testing and he couldn't do it. So that's mm-hmm. where I think that's where a lot of the confusion came because you thought he was going to play and then he was telling everybody. And then it was like a complete shutdown now for like over two weeks. So I don't know what to believe. Um, you know, you can hear a lot of things in his comments. You know, one thing you think is optim, and then the other one is, oh, he's in, he's out. He did say a big clarification he made was that he will not go out there and jeopardize the team. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's better for him to stay out, if he can't make all the throws and do what he needs to do, that he would turn it over and P.J. Walker would do hopefully what he did last week, but maybe a little better. So I just kind of th- take everybody at their word that they're not completely sure yet, but it isn't surprising. He didn't practice today. I don't think it's all out the window, but I would think it would be if he doesn't practice tomorrow. That's just my personal opinion, but we could have the same thing again. And now Stefanski talked just before practice today, and now he doesn't speak again till the final injury report comes out Friday. So that's when he would say, yeah, Deshaun's out or, or PJ Walker started. He did say he would start for the second straight week, which is a a little confusing because they haven't brought him up to the, uh, 53 man roster. So maybe if Watson looks like he can go, but you'd still think he'd be the backup, but, um, it, it kind of seems like they're saving that elevation for Walker only if he's going to start or something. I, I don't know, but who knows? We'll see.
0: Yeah. kind kind of humorous to me that we have so many people there frantically reading tea leaves and insiders floating out, you know, all kinds of rumors about, uh, you know, which muscle it is. a And it turns out it's a micro tear in his rotator cuff after they did the MRI. Uh, I also have a rotator uh, minor tear in my rotator cuff on my throwing arm, which that and my untold wealth is the only things that I have in common with Deshaun Watson. I also cannot throw a football very effectively uh, at this point in time. Hopefully, I was going to say it
1: probably doesn't affect your throwing. (laughs) No,
0: it didn't affect my throwing. (laughs) Um, But at any rate, um, but uh, we have a lot of people who've been spending a lot of time trying to read the tea leaves, and we heard. After that first game, he was out. Oh, it might be four to six weeks, you know, and that's what it's turning out to be. Well, he
1: did say it's day to day. It could be, I could be ready today, tomorrow, Sunday, next week. It could even be two weeks. Well, two weeks is the six week mark, you know, and you have to Mm -hmm. think with all the treatment he's been getting this Sunday, the day of the Colts game would have been the fourth week anniversary. So, you know, he's right at the four, you know, and it was two to six weeks. He's right in the middle or at the beginning. So I don't know. I mean, it's really going to come down to, can he make that throw that's necessary, you know, in the game? And uh, I don't think anybody's really going to know, you know, but I don't think they're going to push it if, if it's any question in there, it's just, you know, everybody wants, we're in a black and white society, you know, yes, no, you know, and a lot when it comes to the athletes and the injuries are same thing with concussion, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. Anthony Walker, is he going to get out of the concussion protocol? Who knows? You know, and it's, it's always up in the air. So I guess the good news is, you won a game without him. I don't know if you can press your luck. Everybody would say, oh, the Colts aren't as good as the 49ers, but I don't like their chances if if Watson doesn't play because you just can't expect the defense to do every every week, shut mm-hmm. them out completely.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I wrote about that this morning. My level of paranoia is pretty high, uh, even with the Colts. Um <clears throat> uh even facing the Colts on, on Sunday about their ability to pull off two in a row, uh particularly without Watson. Um so uh that muscle heals when it heals and then he'll show up. Uh what about Joel Batonio? Uh he he was supposedly limited in practice today. Did we hear anything about him?
1: Yeah he practiced um and uh he was in a spot at captain and um I saw him, I I videoed, I put it on X, um, him running. He looked pretty good to me. We didn't talk to him, probably talked to him. Usually his day's Thursday. We knew again, and Omen, and he wasn't going to play last week when he didn't speak to the media and he wasn't in the locker room. We didn't know at that time he had arthroscopic surgery on his knee. That right. was a little, a little nugget that the coach didn't drop till Friday, you know, and – No wonder he didn't play. But he said last week on Friday, Stefanski, that he came really close to to keeping his streak going, and he was pushing hard for it. It comes at a good time, and and because of the Watson talk, that's an under-the-radar because Michael Dunn, who played for him the whole week, he played every snap. I saw him limp out with a walking boot on his foot. And he got put on IR with a calf injury, so mm-hmm. you'd be down Batonio and done your top two left guards if Batonio don't play. But he looked good to me. I mean, I, I think it's natural to put him as limited when he missed a game and coming mm-hmm. off of surgery. So, but I think I think the way they're talking, they'd be optimistic he'll be ready to go. The other guys, he didn't really give a lot of information on Han or Newsom or Harrison Bryant, obviously with Walker. So those were the four that were listed with injuries. I've seen, I saw Newsom after the game, just doing interviews, walking around. I didn't see anything. I don't even know what his injury is. I didn't see anything normal, unnormal. And I don't know what, you know, what the degree is. But again, it's a Wednesday. So I think, Hunt, a lot of it's just getting back into shape. You know, he yeah. played, then he had a bye, now he's coming off a couple of weeks. So anyway, I put out videos kind of, I thought it was funny because Hunt didn't practice and the other two guys, or Pierre Strong's, was working in special teams and Deion Jackson. So with the running backs was just Jerome Ford. And they have Stump Mitchell, the coach. He has assistant coach, and they have like an intern. They had three guys coaching him up. If you look, they were they were working on ball security, and they had all three of them on him pounding. <laughs> and I just thought it just was hilarious to see. Now there's some three on one uh, ratio in great coaching. So there you uh, go. I think you know I haven't heard anything that Hunt is too serious i would think he'd be ready to go by by sunday but we'll see you again tomorrow
0: yes we will uh Newsom, supposedly a hamstring according to the injury report in hunt a thigh they say so we'll see if uh uh if they reappear on the injury report again tomorrow all right let's go to some of the questions that we have stashed up uh we got a few if you've got one please feel free to hit us up in the uh, chat room. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we got uh, at 7 11 PM exactly, uh, we got two questions from Paul Spencer and E. Gillen that were almost identical. And Paul asked, do you think we're going to see much improvement in P.J. Walker's game? We won, but he was rough. Yes, he was. And E. Gillen asked, Fred, do you think Walker can up his game with a week of practice? And specifically, I would add to that, Fred, some of his decision making, uh, particularly around the goal line where he tried to force a pass instead of just uh, running with the ball, um, was a little bit disturbing to me. Do you think we're going to see some improvement from PJ if he plays again? Well, I would
1: hope so. I, I wasn't I wasn't that impressed with him. I mean, I mean, you don't want to be nitpicky, but um, on that final drive those penalties bailed him out, you know, to keep the games over. He did make a great throw on fourth down that takes, you know, pressure to, and David Bell caught the ball. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be better just because he knows definitively the situation. And he made it sound like last week that he was told a little earlier than we might've been led to believe that they decided Watson wasn't going to play. Um so I think he would have that mindset that I'm starting uh and be ready as far as decision making I don't know I mean it it seems to come with experience he hasn't played that much I mean I would think anybody even a high school quarterback would know in that situation when you need a field goal to win the game you do not throw it into three guys on the defense I mean, they literally just dropped the interception; it was game over. Um, Stefanski said he knows that he has to run in that case, and he didn't. So you hope he learns, but I don't know. I mean, I think he'll. I think he'll play better. Um, I mean, on the he th- he got the ball to Mari Cooper a couple big times. I think they just got to go to him a little more. I mean. <laughs> Every time they threw his way, it seemed like he went up and made a play. I would just do that a little bit more. And I would like to see, you know, a little bit more running. I I expected him to be more of a runner. And to me, whether it's Josh Dobbs, DTR, PJ Walker, you got all these guys with the skill set. To me, that seems to be, the safest thing you can do. And I'm not necessarily saying running up the middle. I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, fake the play action, whatever bootleg run pass option. If it's not there, run to the sideline, pick up four five, six yards. Right. You know, I think they had him officially with three rushes for a yard. I think he kneeled, you know, so I don't even remember him really running. Even on that ball that he threw in the end zone late if he have just run even if he didn't make anything the they would have had to use their last time out you know or the clock would have kept running so yeah I think he'll play better I still would feel the Browns have a better chance obviously if Watson was playing I don't know how many times you can you know push lady luck right that you're gonna have a guy miss a field goal to th- and the game, or, or any of a number of scenarios there. But the offense did have a lot of mistakes. I mean, penalties called back. A lot of people forget that that play in Njoku, a 32 yard touchdown, got called back on the hold by Wyatt Teller. We saw that play throughout Greenbrier. And I keep waiting for that, you know, that screen to Njoku to work because it looks so good you know, in in training camp and in the preseason and practices. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate it got called back. They never really tried it again, I don't think. And so it's like, right? same thing with the pitch to hunt, you know. It's like, hey, if it worked, how about trying it again until they stop it? But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what
0: happens. Well, let's keep going back to the questions and the comments that uh, I've got saved up here uh let's go to rafael he's commenting on my level of paranoia he says it's not paranoia uh it's experience and history with the browns follow a great win with a bad loss against a team on paper the browns should have beat uh does seem to be uh even this season fred this this team's been on a roller coaster Bengals followed by the steelers you know and then uh we had uh you know our third game followed by the, the Ravens. It's just been uh it's 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 been quite the downer, uh the up and down, you know, sort of roller coaster well, season. And we hope that doesn't happen this week.
1: Win loss, win loss, win. You know, it has been roller coaster. They haven't won two in a row. And for all the excitement about the 49ers uh win. A loss this week kind of, to me, takes that all out of the picture because you have to win games you're expected to win. The good news is in the five games, I mean, the 49ers are clearly a good team. The Browns beat them. I think most people would have assumed, especially with the hand they were dealt, they're very, very fortunate to win that game. And as you wrote, Mm -hmm. any given Sunday, that was any given Sunday. Yep. But the previous four games, I don't think you can look at any of those teams and say those teams are clearly better than the Browns, and the Browns should have, you know, lost all of them. They're clearly as good this year and can com- compete with the Bengals. The Steelers, the Browns handed them that game. Yeah, you know, there's no definitely. the offense gave them two touchdowns. And what I said with the 49ers, the offense just can't lose the game. And they almost did. That interception, you know, almost cost them the game. The Ravens, you could say the same thing. The offense gave them two touchdowns. Of course, you didn't have Watson playing. So that's what it comes down to is – If Walker plays this week, it's almost got to be a game management with no mistakes. If you take out the mistakes, I think the Browns win that game even more easily last Sunday. So no mistakes, and the defense has to start getting takeaways. As I wrote, it's unbelievable. They're tied for the worst in the NFL with only four takeaways all year. And they are tied with the Patriots 31st. The Patriots are like one in five in the bottom 12 teams in that. I wrote a story. It's up there today. It kind of got lost in all the news. The Browns, there's only one other team that has a winning record that has a negative turnover ratio and happens to be the dolphins, but they're much higher up on the list than the Browns are. So mm-hmm. you, you have to start quit taking, taking or giving the ball away. And I, I'm confident they're going to start getting takeaways. They have they have playmakers on this defense, and and it's just a matter of time, but they got to quit giving the ball away and giving the, you know, given the defense. I don't know how many touchdowns overall they've given up, but I know three of them were basically, well, actually four of them were basically gifts. Um, and you could even say five. Two, the Steelers scored, you know, the third one Jackson scored after an interception returned to the 10 so they only had to, they only had 10 yards to defend last in the in the 49er game they returned the interception to the 8 and then that other ravens one was to the 38 so that might be a little where the defense should have maybe stopped them but Four of those touchdowns were just totally gifts from the offense, so mm-hmm. you got to eliminate that, and Absolutely. then then you have a legitimate chance. Without Watson, worst case scenario, Walker manages the game, no turnovers. The defense does their thing. You even get into a field goal game. I still think the Browns, you know, can hold the Colts under enough points that the offense can score enough to win.
0: Right. Well, one of the things to watch out for is that the Colts have a pretty good field goal kicker who uh, outdueled Justin Tucker, you know, a few weeks ago uh, to the Browns. Browns,
1: Special team kicker of the week.
0: Yes, yes. He's Uh, kicked four
1: 50 yards or more, and that was what everybody was worried about because he was a 50% kicker from over 50, and now he's four for four from 50 or more, and he's kicked one in the last four games which is a franchise record. So say what you will about the kicker and it's indoors. So I think right. that he should be able to hold his own over
0: there. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I hope we don't uh, get done to us what uh, the Ravens got done to them uh, playing there in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I'm going to ask a question out of ask the insiders because it leads to a question that we got asked in the chat room. Uh, and, uh, this actually ties into something we were talking about last week. Bernard five, 2000 and ask the insiders asked a very simple question. He asks, are our receivers wide receivers, the worst as a whole, the worst in the NFL. And if you see any rankings of, uh, wide receivers, yards after catch, things like that, there's a case to be made, Fred that this group is not a very good group of receivers. Uh, I just like your, your take on that. Not that you've evaluated all 32 groups of receivers, but uh, you know, what's your impression on the receiving of, of the receiving core so far?
1: I have been underwhelmed. I mean, I, I don't know what the other receivers, you know, the top teams, but I, even the chiefs, you know, the, they went out and made a move to get McCall Hardman back. Right. And they don't really have any standout since Tyreek Hill's gone. Their their standouts, their tight end. But again, this kind of goes back to Deshaun Watson. We started to see it in the Titan game. When you have a, a really good quarterback play, he starts he throws open receivers and the average guys look a little better. Um and so that's that's the one thing. Elijah Moore, either they're not using him right or or he isn't what we were seeing in training camp in the preseason.
0: Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.
1: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. I just don't see them using him downfield. They're just still using him like a gadget guy, east to west, trying to get around the corner on a, you know, to me, a jet sweep would have been what they did with Marquise Goodwin. Now that guy's fast and he got around the corner and Mm -hmm. got 20 yards. seems like Anthony Schwartz, Elijah Moore, they can't get around the corner. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think Moore is a down-the-field guy. Jake, I've seen film Jake's done in the past of him with the Jets, running down the field, getting open, good routes, and throwing the ball down there. I mean, he's averaging eight yards a catch. Eight yards a catch. You could have eight yards a catch, I think, and you're not a 4-3 sprinter. There I am not. a might be a 9-6 a a sprinter <laughs> in the 40. I don't
0: know. But, At best. At best. But,
1: and what about Peoples Jones? He has what six catches in five games? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's disappeared. I mean, the only one you can really count on is Amari Cooper. And I think he's underused, you know, like the other day he had three catches for 96 yards, you know, and it's like every time they threw it his way, went out and made a either made a circus catch or he or he made a move and it caused the corner to fall down. I just Don't know why you're not throwing it to him more. Some of these teams are going to have good enough corners to double team if you don't get help on the other side. So I've heard talk that they want to use Cedric Tillman more. They got to have somebody emerge. I don't know if you can count on a rookie to just come out of nowhere. So I think it's got to be Peoples-Jones or more um, on this roster to step up and make a play. Right. Um, I don't know if they're going to make a move for another wide receiver. Um, I've said before, I don't know how much that can change. Now, a guy like McCole Hardman to the Chiefs, he knows their offense. They know him. He just steps in and he's ready to go. There's not too many that I know former Browns that you want back or that are available. So with that said, yes, I think the wide receivers have been underwhelming but I don't know if I can put it all on them. It's kind of what we saw in previous years when we didn't have the greatest quarterback play, you know, is it the quarterback or the receivers or the line or no running game or whatever the other day, they ran the ball pretty good. So should have been able to have some time to throw the ball. So, I mean, it'd, it'd be ideal to see Watson with this group for, a concerted period of time instead of Mm -hmm. this start, stop, start, stop that we've been seeing. But I don't know. I, I I do feel that Elijah Moore is either being underused or he's not the guy that they thought they were getting in this with that trade second round pick they gave up.
0: Right. In, in Moore's defense, interesting discussion in the chat room as we were talking about this In Moore's defense I swear I saw him open a couple of times late in that game where Walker just didn't get him the ball. I'm not an X's and O's guy, but. uh... Well, that's
1: true. I don't know what happened in those passes. If he slipped or his arm wasn't good enough, but yeah, you're right. He, he was, he, he went and he did a curl back and the ball bounced to him twice. Mm -hmm. It was like quarterback didn't have the arm or just missed through it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, that's to me where I think you would use the guy in the seam or in the slant route, you know, you know, if you don't have much time, just a quick, quick slant, right. You know, to, we saw him use that with people's Jones. We saw it in the past work with Landry. We saw it work with Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham, you know, you you split the seam and if you do it right, if he's got the speed, it's a touchdown. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can only ask so many questions, and and you get the same answers if you ask them anyway.
0: <laughs> Did you see though? They actually ran a slant to Cooper last uh, last Sunday. I was uh, I was impressed. I was like, more of that, please. Let's see more of that, please. Yeah, really. Um, it was it was it was nice to nice to see him. Um, at any rate, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Deshaun Watson because there hasn't been enough Deshaun Watson discussion. Drew and Brick City, this is just a reference back to something we were talking about earlier. Is there any way he doesn't practice on Friday and you can still see him out there Sunday? Um, I know you're a little bit skeptical about this, but uh, is that within the realm of possibility, do you think?
1: I don't know how this coach thinks, you know, on practices and stuff. Um You know, even when Mayfield was injured, the only time he didn't start was when they played on Sunday and they had a Thursday night game and he just wasn't cleared or wasn't ready to play. And he was forced to play Keenum. We kind of have this in reverse now. Um, I go back and say the only way they would think it, in my opinion, or justify it would be, Let's say Watson can't throw the ball, whatever he can throw it, 50 yards. And and they say, you know what? 80% of him, just his ability to, you know, to scramble and throw quick hitters and stuff like that, if he can do that, would be better than the other way around. But being an athlete or being a competitor, I should say, I've been in situations you know, not in the NFL, but as an athlete, where if I played, that kind of goes out the window. I'm not holding anything back. And I'm mm-hmm. afraid if they don't think, if he isn't a hundred percent cleared or he can show he can do everything with no pain and no restrictions, I don't think they want to put him out there because they know that they can't, they can't reel it in. If, he sees something and he tries to throw a 50 yarder and he and he injures the arm further. Right. You know, I don't know. He didn't seem to know the answer. He didn't think from what the doctors have told him that he can injure it further. Mm-hmm. But you would think if it got injured in the first place that you could get the same type injury again. And so you know the defense is gonna target to try to hit that shoulder. That's why they're so careful about giving out information on injuries because they don't want to tell the other team that Greg Newsome, now they know he has a hamstring. So if he plays, you'll see them testing him. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, I've had coaches, you know, retired tell me that's why they're so secretive about injuries. They don't want, you know, their guys, them to know the extent of the injury.
0: Right. Well, uh, I think they know that it's the right shoulder of Watson by this (laughs) point. So I don't think there's anything to be gained by hiding that now, uh, here's your proof that this is an OBR program and not talk radio, uh, because, uh, we're going to ask a left guard question. This comes from Pat Shea and Pat wants to know about Betonio, uh, about that knee problem. Uh, do we know if he's been struggling with that knee since game one? or wasn't more recent and I don't want to read into this question I don't know what Pat's motivation for asking the question was but you know maybe Betonio has been a little bit off this year you you know the the offensive line on on that side hasn't been as awesome perhaps as it's been in years past and just maybe sort of wondering if if that knee might have been part of the might have been slowing down Betonio down a little bit
1: Well, we haven't been given any definitive information, but Tonio might say a little more tomorrow when he talks, but Mm -hmm. I do think that, yes, this is something that has occurred likely since the beginning of the season because I think J.C. Treader had something similar a couple when he was here and he had a scope, I remember, a week before the season started and he was ready for the opener. There's no way Batonio wouldn't have had that cleaned up before the regular season if it was bothering him in the preseason or in training camp, in my opinion, because right. he waited till the bye week, had it done immediately, with the hope he'd be ready for the 49ers game. And according to Stefanski, he was very close to being ready. So that tells me he didn't want to have the surgery. But he was on the injury report every week with a knee. And in the past, when he sat out, it was called rest. Now it said knee, rest. So, okay, what was it? A knee or rest? So that right. there was something in there. And I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know if it's cartilage or whatever. There's probably something rubbing in there. Mm. Because if he was able to come back in 10 days or whatever, it was probably not too big of a deal but it was probably enough to nag or irritate him, right. you know? And so it might've affected. I just don't know when that occurred. If it was game one, game two, what practice, whatever, but right. he clearly waited until the bye with the hope of not missing any time. And it looks like maybe only one game, which would, to his credit, you know, mm-hmm. would have been, you know, pretty, pretty miraculous. So yeah, I think I think it has been bothering him, and I I saw that some of the grades and things weren't. He wasn't having the greatest year. He's probably playing less than hundred percent, but less than a hundred percent of Batonio was better than most other options they had. So sure. I did sure. hear Dunn played the whole game on that calf injury and gutted it out, and I don't know how he graded it out, but he must have done pretty well or held his own. So you know. It's a big plus getting Batonio back. Hopefully they're, they're going to need him, you know, as they get things going from here on out.
0: Right. And you would think it would help Jed Wills a bit uh, as well uh, with uh, with his work. A uh, little bit more on Watson. Uh, Raphael asks, have there been any confirmed reports that the Browns have talked to the Vikings about Kirk Cousins? I've not heard any. Have you heard any, Fred? I've not heard any solid rumors about the Browns and Kirk Cousins at all. No. Uh, although there's I, – I don't,
1: I don't know. Obviously, there's a connection between, mm-hmm. you know, Quessy and Andrew Barry, but and they may have talked, but I cannot see them talking about bringing in Cousins at this point in the season. I mean, okay, again, this is just my opinion I don't think Watson is. If he doesn't play this week, it's not more than two games, you know, that he would be out. It'd probably take two games to get a quarterback up to speed. Certainly wouldn't be ready to go this week, Mm -hmm. you know, because they would have put him on injury reserve. You have to miss four games. And even if you would have done it after the bye, say you didn't, you couldn't have done it for the Ravens game you still, this would be the second, and that would take you Seattle and Arizona. So they have to think he'd be able to play at least by the Arizona game, or you'd put him on injured reserve. Yeah. If Or if you would have really known before, if a lot of people think they did know, well, then you would have put him on before the Ravens game right there before, when you found out he couldn't go. Got that game, got the 49ers. This would be three, and, the, and he'd be – you know, good to go, you know, Mm -hmm. sooner and later. So I just, you know, any quarterback thing, they have to measure it up and say, are they better than what they have now? And it took a month for Walker to get up the speed. They made it sound like he wasn't really ready. He even said he wasn't really ready until last week. So Mm -hmm. that might also been why Thompson Robinson started against the Ravens. So, uh, even a veteran would take a little time you know to get up to
0: speed right right um so yeah no uh, no rumors about that that have any validity to them from from our perspective uh and the cost for cousins would not be cheap uh for a rental uh that's for sure um Uh, Another point on uh, Watson uh, from E-Marcus Gray, he says he was glad to see DW engaged on the sidelines, killing the rumors about disconnect with teammates. And it was interesting. I wrote about all the conspiracy theories uh, last week, Fred. You were talking earlier about how everybody wants definitive information. No one wants, you know, uh, uh, things to be fuzzy you know about what's going to happen well every time there's any doubt conspiracy theories seem to pop up and there were conspiracy theories about watson having problems with teammates or stefanski or what have you and uh uh his behavior on the sidelines last week it pretty much helped disprove any of that sort of stuff don't you think
1: no he's all in i've talked to players i mean he's He's chomping at the bit bad wants to play. I was told, you know, that missing the 49ers game, he was he was pretty upset. He wanted to play. He wants to play. He does not wanna, you know, the you know, he he was asked about that today about people have his toughness, that he just didn't want to face a tough team like the 49ers or or the Ravens. And he said, you know, he basically said that. You know, it's not true. You know, I want to play, but I'm not going to hurt the team and doing everything I can to get back out there. So it's one of those things that you can go back and look at his history. He played with a torn ACL when he was at Clemson. And, you know, it's been, uh, you know, it's been well talked about, his broken ribs and punctured lung when he was with the Texans that he went and played against Mm -hmm. Jacksonville he couldn't fly so he took a bus to get there and he said it's not pain tolerance it's just being able to do everything that's required as a quarterback and he doesn't want to hurt the team so he says he's heard you know the people question his toughness and all that but so that just you know and that's the (laughs) the downside obviously as we all know of the internet or Twitter, or X, or whatever, Facebook, any of the things. It's a lot of anonymous people taking sniper shots at everybody, you know, and I've I've had quite a few of my own shares. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, they're, they're out there. Uh, the loonies are out there, and they're very, very uh, prevalent on X slash Twitter. By the way, if you have had it with X slash Twitter, you can find the OBR on Threads, You can find the OBR on Blue Sky. You can even find Barry McBride on post.news. I'll rename it the OBR if enough people follow me there. Uh, But uh, we're all over the place. And wherever Browns fans are, we will go. Uh, Also want to shout out E. Gillen for the five gifted subscriptions over on Twitch. Thank you very much, sir. It is appreciated, as always. Uh, And let's get to some of these more recent questions. Sancho Bermuda asked, what is the Browns ceiling after winning against the 49ers? You saw that game, Fred. Uh, Defense, unbelievable. Offense, well, they scored 19 uh, 19 points. That was more than the opposition. It was sort of what you've been saying this this whole time. With that defense, you just have to score 20, you know, 22 points. If you have an offense that does that, you're going to you're going to do fairly well and get into the playoffs but uh, assuming Watson comes back what is, what do you think this brown ceiling is
1: yeah i mean the you know i wrote about the defense i i dug up a story i wrote in january and pinned it on my uh x or formerly twitter profile about what i said january 17th when he was hired and it's proven to be pretty correct But not to toot my own horn, but I said that was the biggest move they made the whole offseason, you know, even after all the moves they made. But with that said, I didn't expect the defense to be top necessarily the top defense in the NFL. I just said if they could be in the top half or the top 10 and they definitely could get to the top 10 right now, they're sitting number one. Yeah, I don't think they have to be there, but. They're giving up 15 points a game. Come on, offense. you got to be able to score more than 15 points a game. Right now, the Browns' offense is scoring 19 points a game. Last year, they scored 21 or 22 a game. The defense gave up more than that. You know, in Joe Wood's year, they went to the playoffs. They gave up just under 26 points a game. But the difference was they took the ball away. There was a lot of takeaways, and you don't remember it, but other teams would go 85 yards, and you wouldn't think, they couldn't stop anybody, but then they'd get a fumble or an interception, and you go, oh, great defense. Well, sometimes those things are just, they're all trying to take the ball away. But anyway, with that said, the defense, I think, can be top 10. I think they can hold opponents under 20 a game. Right now, they're holding under 15. This offense has to get on track to score more than that. And I think they will. It's just I I would be much more confident in that happening with Deshaun Watson. He brings so Mm -hmm. much to the table. And they were just starting to get their legs under him in that Titans game. They put up 27 points. And you remember, they took away a touchdown. Amari Cooper, you know, they said he stepped out of bounds, and he didn't. You know, so he would have had three touchdown passes in that game and 329 yards. So unfortunately, now you have to think he's going to take a step back and have to ramp it back up. But I think when the offense hits their stride, they're going to have to they're going to be able to score 21 or more points a game. And so I think I'm going to stick with my original prediction, 11 and Mm 6. I think they could win more than that. But as we know in the NFL, you know, you always lose games, you shouldn't. The biggest the biggest task for the Browns right now is stringing some wins together and beating teams that they should beat. Mm-hmm. They should beat the Colts. They should beat the Seahawks. And they should beat the Cardinals. Now, of course, you got the word that Kyler Murray's going to target to be back for the Browns game, you know, on against the Cardinals. You know, and... And so all these things being said, who knows what's going to happen? But I think the Browns can win a lot of games and they can continue their rise.
0: Well, I hope you're right. Uh, I I agree with you. Uh, I picked them for nine and seven, but uh, uh, I'm a pessimist, of course, uh, most of the time. So uh, at any rate... Um, Fred has uh gone dark on us here so I'm not sure what's uh what's going on with his camera I, I hear some noise there you still there Fred nope he's gone so in the interim uh uh does it matter says are there any rumors worth anything before the trade deadline and let me tell you I haven't heard anything definitive uh you know we can speculate you know that the Browns certainly at wide receiver uh, might be able to use a, a little shot in the arm. Uh, and, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones might benefit from a change of scenery, perhaps, uh, at this point, because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and probably would appreciate being in an environment where he's going to get targeted more. Um, it's inexplicable to me why he hasn't been targeted more. Maybe he's just not getting separation. He's never been great you know it getting a lot of separation but uh he he hasn't been targeted much this year so uh at any rate um i haven't heard anything uh definitive uh in terms of a uh, in, in terms of terms of a rumor uh amatora uh where is what happened to the uh the, the chat there it is he says move dpj and wills to denver for their left tackle and judy with some picks exchanged, uh, I think Jack Duffin would have something to say about that from a salary cap perspective. But uh, I do like the talent. Uh, do like the talent. Uh, Andrew in Brick City says uh, New England's left tackle Brown, go get him. Uh, so I don't know. I think they're riding with Will's at least for the uh, at least for the interim. I know that people want to shore up the offensive line um because of the the uh, uh because of what's going on uh this year with the lack of offense but uh uh at any rate i haven't heard anything really solid uh in in terms of rumors involving the browns but you know with this front office they are uh definitely calling everyone talking to everyone uh and uh, uh they're trying to make things happen and uh, Sancho Bermuda jumps into the chat and says, David Bell made a big catch last week. Purdue year two, Big Ten rise up. I really liked the Bell pick when, when, it, when it was made. Uh, and uh, I was not on the train last year with people um, doubting David Bell because, you know, wide receiver, that particular position, uh, it, 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 so many wide receivers don't really come into their own until their second or third year and uh bell had such promise i thought based on watching him uh in uh in college and so i'm very happy to uh to have seen him make that catch so uh he's got promise he's got promise um and rafa sells says i will give dpj and bell credit in the absence of receptions they are showing up on film with great blocks down the field Uh, which is obviously part of the job. So uh, there we go. Uh, We'll see if Fred is able to make it back. Uh, And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the uh, uh, ATI questions that we have. And one is from Anon5239702. He says, would Marcus Mariota be a better long-term option than PJ? I know we win Sunday with P- We won Sunday with PJ, but we won in spite of his play, if I'm being honest. And uh, let me say, you know, comment in the chat if you agree or disagree. I've never been on the Marcus Mariota train. Uh, I've never uh, really thought that Marcus Mariota was going to be the answer to uh, uh, all the questions. Uh, so, uh, and and this one from Paul. Barry, do you think Fred just got sick of talking to you? (laughs) Undoubtedly true. He has to do this one hour a week. It's stipulated in his contract. So uh, uh, the convenience excuse of a camera malfunction probably helped him. Uh, But it's the only excuse I have to uh, talk football with Fred all week. Uh, So he's forced to do it. Oh, there he is. Welcome back, Fred. It's good to see you. Let's see if we can hit a couple of these little questions uh, as uh, time expires here. Um, Red Leader 74 for you, Fred. Said, Fred, I was mad at Wills, but he's looking better. Do you agree? Jedrick Wills.
1: You know, I think that he, you know, if he was like a sixth-round pick, he wouldn't take so much criticism, but he's picked 10th overall and expected him to be a pro bowler. He's not. Um I don't think it's not the most ringing endorsement, but he's not the worst tackle in the league. You know, he just seems to take plays off. He just doesn't seem to always be on point, but he is what he is. He's, you know, serviceable. You know, he cost him a game, I think, against the Steelers, but I have to think Callahan's on him all the time, and I have to think if they felt like they had a better option, they would they would make a move because they're not just going to throw a season away not to hurt somebody's feelings. So they must think that they don't want to mess with DeWan Jones at right tackle as a rookie. They must not think James Hudson's a better option. They must not think uh, the guy I talked about, the 37-year-old, 10-year veteran mm. Naseki, is a better option, or even moving Batonio over. So he is what he is. I think he's an average left tackle. And hopefully he'll get better. He is young. I mean, he came in really young. I think he's only still 22, 23, something like that, maybe 24. So, you know, maybe maybe he'll turn it on in the second half of the season.
0: All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Um, AWOC in concussion protocol. Jordan Kinasik, Kunisik. Kinasik. Have we asked about, about him. him. I
1: asked last week, he was eligible to come off the IR, and Stefanski said not this week. Nothing's been said since. Usually you have like three weeks to bring a guy back, and they didn't do it. Normally they do it on Wednesday, so I guess that he's not quite ready. Because with Walker in the concussion, I would have thought he would have been a natural replacement, but I guess not.
0: All right. So nothing on that front at this point. And uh, our last question of the, uh, of the night comes from OG Philly. Uh, he, he wants to know, uh, for, for reasons of his own, uh, maybe he watched the press conference and, and suspected this, but he wanted to know if Stefanski seemed more irritated than normal in today's press conference.
1: He's tired of talking about Deshaun Watson, you know, and not knowing the answers and not giving out anything, you know, and it's, I don't know if he's more irritated. Um, he, he clearly is tired of talking about a situation that he doesn't seem to really know the definitive answer to it. Um, it's not like, okay, on this day, everything's, healed or whatever i don't think they're holding out and saying we know he's playing but we're hiding it from you um you know at least to this point i think they really are kind of waiting and that's why sticking with the day-to-day plus you know they were being he was being kind of ridiculed and barry when they said we expect him to be ready after the bye you know and everyone Mm -hmm. i thought you be right after the bot. so they're like we're not saying anything you know and i get that so i don't know he was he's just you know his press conferences are getting shorter and shorter because everybody knows a lot of it it's almost always to ask questions about it you have to ask but even even friday it's like those are the shortest one. He basically said, this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out. And that answers what we were asking all week, you know, <laughs> if they're going to play or what. And and then it's like, okay, he's done. So, yeah, I just think, you know, we talked to him in Greenbrier and he said, I always wish, you know, you guys were always upset that I don't ask, answer the questions that you ask. I wish you would ask questions that I want you to ask, you know, which mm-hmm. you know was a little giggle time, but you know it's it is what it is. He's gonna be that's the path he's chosen to go on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's speculation here that I like to end the show early. That's not true. I like to be punctual. Uh, the bourbon gets uh, better at eight o'clock right on the dot. So we are going to end at 8 right on the dot, just like we should, so we can all keep our appointments after OBR Weekly. And uh, Fred, as always, sir, thank you very much for your your wisdom, Sensei Fred. And thank you, everyone, for attending and hanging out with us uh, while I bothered Fred with uh, all my questions and chatter. And uh, please join us again next week at 7 o'clock. Uh, hopefully following a second win in a row against the Indianapolis Colts on OBR Weekly. We'll see you next weekend or next Wednesday, folks. Later.
1: Thank you. See you. New CBS Sunday.
0: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it.
0: You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay.
1: (laughs) Justin Hartley stars. You survive. You make quick,
0: smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel, sounds cool. It is cool, actually, very cool. Tracker, new Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.